Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why do demons slash parasites have to be spirits? Do parasites take advantage of the negativity in situations like the current Afghan mess or the COVID, COVID disaster? Are there legitimate educational opportunities in the paranormal field? Hello, and welcome to the 909th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, coming to you on this stormy day from WON AM and FM Radio in Winsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live, and on YouTube and via TuneIn.com. I'm Ben, and those wide-ranging questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. And today, we bring you an open-line show with one of our newest guest co-hosts. Well, I had a big spiel here about Hurricane or Tropical Storm Ari, which is attacking southern New England as we speak. However, it seems to have veered kind of to the west and will avoid northern Rhode Island to a degree to be hoped for. So I won't give you the spiel what happens if we go off the air or disappear into the void. Hopefully we will not. Oh, don't, don't jinx it, Dad. This is live radio. Right. Anything can happen. Well, if we disappear <laughs> into the void, we, you know, we'll, we'll see you later. Anyway, co-hosting with us uh, via Skype today is Tim Swartz. Tim is an Emmy Award-winning television producer and videographer. He is the author of a number of popular books. Tim has investigated ex- unexplained phenomena all over the world and has appeared widely in the media. And he is one of our newest uh, special guest co-hosts. We're very, very proud to have him with us today. So, Tim Schwartz, welcome to Behind the Paranormal and your first open line show. Ah, well, Ben, Paul, thank you very much for having me. I'm really looking forward to it today. Cool. Okay, well, let's get right to it. Now, we have people who write long, long questions, and we, we often don't get to those because of the brevity of the show. However, I think that uh, these people put a lot of work into these things, and we should uh, at least try to deal with some of them uh, today. Yeah, okay. I think that the strategy is to, to uh, <laughs> do them first. <laughs> Yeah, to a point. Okay, well, well let's uh, let's start with Doug in Texas. Sure thing. So we will start with Doug, and he writes to us. Uh, Since the recent fall of Afghanistan, many veterans of the war on terror, including myself, have been struggling uh, with depression. Your theories on the paranormal are that negative emotions can contribute to paranormal phenomena. Do you believe uh, there will be a rise in the number of parasites feeding off that negative energy? Also, can you recommend any charities that help Afghan refugees? Although I served in Iraq, not Afghanistan, uh, the problems over there uh, have been really affecting me, and I would like to help in any way that I can. Well, some good questions there. Um, thank you, Doug, for your service. First of all, I didn't realize, I, 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 we don't really know Doug, but, but he, he is a, a longtime listener and writes, uh, writes in questions now and then, uh, very good ones. But uh, thank you for your service, Doug. And um, if, uh, I don't know, Tim, uh, now, th- th- our co-hosts do not necessarily have the same uh, paranormal point of view as we do, but Tim, what would you say to that first part of the question, uh, parasites or demons, whatever you want to call it? Well, I mean, I, I do think that uh, there, there probably is a line of uh, paranormal entities that, uh, that do take advantage of situations just like your, uh, 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 the person who asked the question was referring to. Um, you know, negative emotions do have a lot of energy. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, like all spiritual entities 
are uh, parasites. But, you know, I think just like uh, in our own animal kingdom that, uh, you know, I mean, we we have all kinds of different species. I think it's the same thing in the spiritual, you know, interdimensional world, however you would want to describe it. And, uh, yeah, so when it comes to negative emotions, the energy put out by those, you know, it, it's like a smorgasbord for some of these uh, uh, creatures. Whether or not we'll see an uptick uh, because of uh, what's going on in Afghanistan, I think that's just, you know, something else that's going on. I mean, you know, we've got a lot of, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of stuff going on with us right now. I mean, with the uh, uh, COVID epidemic and now you know, Afghanistan and, you know, other political situations. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, we may see a, an uptick. Where whether or not it'll be reported that way, you know, that's hard to say. Well, I, I, I think that's very well put, Tim. From from my point of view, uh, I think we have um, <clears throat> one of the things that I, I Ben and I and, and I in different books have said have said is uh, that the um, unity with a capital U. Uh, more or less in the sense of the uh, African uh, notion of Ubuntu and, and, and you know notions of unity that have existed since the dream time, explained to me at times by shamans from different tribes, etc., uh, is what is attacked by what we refer to as parasites. And w- when you look at what's happening today, it's really frightening. Everything seems to be contributing to division. In people, and it's division that seems to feed parasites. And uh, you know, we would see this in on the level of a family, or a uh, uh, maybe sometimes even a community. But but we've seen it, I think, in his throughout history uh, on a national and tribal level. When you have um, in in the distant past, one of the one of the examples we use is the uh, Sumerian civilization which seemed to start out, according to some findings, controversial though they were in the 1930s, that people really started out as monotheists, essentially worshipping one god or one god family. And then all of a sudden, like in a matter of a year, the Sumerians went from being you know, bean farmers to being lawyers, doctors, and having 5,000 gods. I mean, what is that? So... We often say maybe parasites had something to do with it. Divide and conquer is probably the, the truest uh, cliche that there ever was. So I think, yeah, definitely these things are happening. What do you what say, you Ben? Oh, uh, well, I think it's you know the like ancient sort of near or, or, or middle Middle Eastern cosmology is super interesting, and um, it all kind of. There's a really interesting theme through it that it's it's meant to kind of bring about chaos in some way, shape, or form. That it's like, you know, all this technology is introduced and, and all of that. And um, one of the really interesting things, especially in, in uh, like, uh, you know, I guess for lack of better words, in, in one Enoch, the, there's a really interesting description in how these, these gods sort of, lowercase g, give out like you know they they give people the technology of metallurgy um technology of like music and culture and uh also cosmetics so and all of those are equated as magic and that they're meant to sort of destroy you know basically what's been built up by by i guess 
you know, at, at the time the mo- the Most High God, right? And so it's like all these all these lowercase g gods are running around and they're giving people technology and you know it, it's on the surface it seems great, right? You know, you know what's 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 so bad about metallurgy and what's so bad about you know agricultural technology, but it's like, but the the interesting thing about it is that it's sort of a means of control, right? So it's 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 meant that to sort of like take control away from us. Or, you know, and, and basically per- make us perceive that we have more power. Great example. You know, I cited this last week when we were, or, or maybe two weeks ago, um, when, we, when we did our show about shadow people, that, um, you know, there's, a, there's an interesting dialogue. Oh, no, I was talking about last week with John Zaffis. Oh, um, right, okay. Where there's an interesting dialogue between Plato and Socrates, and they're discussing um, Horus, you know, the, the Egyptian god of writing. And, uh, you know... Uh, Plato's like, oh, isn't this great? Now we know we have the ability to write, we can write books, we can write down all of our thoughts. And Socrates replies essentially with, yeah, that's great, but how are we going to remember things? <laughs> and it's and it's like, you know, the, these natural powers and abilities we have are, are, you know, are basically taken away from us by technology and creates all this chaos, you know, case in point. There's a fun game we all probably play, and we don't realize we're playing it. Where you know, let's uh, let's bring up a movie, right? So what about Bob, right? You know, and you're like, okay, you know, what you know, year? Uh, Tim, uh, Tim Murray, uh, uh, Bill Murray, and uh, Richard Dreyfuss. Okay, good. You you passed the first portion of the game, which is who starred in it. Oh, all right. <laughs> so good job, congratulations. You passed that first portion. Uh, what throw it over to Tim's court now. Yes, Tim. What year was What About Bob made? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, I have no idea. Probably what nineteen ninety eight. Now, our first instinct would be, okay, well, let's just Google it, right? You know, let's let's go, let's take out our smartphones and we'll say, all right, well, let's you know Google who was in it. You know, let's Google what year it was made. It's top gross. You know, how much did it make in the box office? It's opening week. You know, who directed it? And it's like you know. If, it's it's a fun game we like to play when we're at parties and you know someone brings up like a movie quote and it's like oh it's a great movie it has ah uh, oh, crap can't remember his name who's in it let's look at our phones and our ability to remember things is gone I can tell you for a fact I only know two phone numbers off the top of my head my <laughs> lovely wife's phone number and our old house number from when we had a landline which we still have. But that's yeah no we do uh, nobody calls on and I want to talk to so it's a fax machine exactly but. The, when it was a, was a landline, I remember the number. And those are the only two phone numbers I know. Because our power and ability to remember things is gone. And so we oh, good. have... Good, I thought it was just my age. Well, essentially, it could be both. But the, the point being is we have all this technology that takes... That seemingly gives us more power over the world, but it takes more power away from us. So these lowercase g gods were essentially doing the same thing in ancient Middle Eastern mythology, you know, pretty much any mythology if if you look at it. You know, it's like the um, the similarities and parallels between, you know, the Norse pantheon, the Greek pantheon, even the Sumerian pantheons. You can see similarities throughout all of them in in this, right? You know, they give, you know, a great, great example is the mead of poetry from the Norse mythology where essentially, you know, there's this mead that's made out of the blood of... Um, one of the other uh, Aesir gods, I can't remember, I can't remember which one it was, Kvasir, who is like the god of intelligence and, and knowledge, and he gets murdered by, by dwarves, and they take his blood and they turn it into a mead. And when anybody drinks the mead, they automatically know everything, they're poets, whatever. And, you know, the whole the whole point is that, you know, people are trying to get this mead, and eventually um, 
uh, uh, Odin ends up getting his hands on it after tricking a bunch of people and defeating a bunch of giants. And he, he gets his hands on it and he keeps it. Because technology is sort of like, it's all, it's all about technology. And it's the same sort of thing. So we, we see today sort of the fruits of all of this. Where, you know, oh, there's a new gadget that's coming out. Oh, there's new new expansions in, in AI. There's new all of this. And, you know, it, we think that it serves a purpose of serving us and giving us power, but it doesn't. It takes it away from us, and we lose more and more abilities, especially, right? Social media is a great example. We think it connects us with people, right? It's sort of this weird... You know, abstract concept of a of a you know this huge ultra consciousness of people constantly sharing their thoughts, right? You'd think it'd be something that brings us together. It doesn't. It just make we're seeing the fruits of that now. It's breaking us all apart, and it's just making us more polarized and dividing us. So the whole goal is chaos. Yeah. So Doug, you're right, and the answer is to come together in a positive way. Doesn't mean surrendering your points of view, but uh, people don't have horns, so stop thinking they do. Just to uh, to, to wrap it up, uh, the charity question is a good one. Uh, we have a charity page at behindtheparanormal.com, and everybody on it, we know these are small charities which do things like support uh, an orphanage in Haiti, uh, which I would and I would direct you to that uh, helpforhadesorphans.org. They um, Especially now with the earthquake having taken place, the kids are okay. I checked on that, uh, but these are, so so these are charities that are worth supporting. Now, as far as helping uh, the Afghans, there is a charity known as DirectRelief.org. DirectRelief.org. Uh, we rely very much, uh, it, just in case we don't know anybody uh, who's running these charities personally, uh, we rely on a, on a site called Charity Navigator, and they will rate charities according to how much money goes to the executives and the administrators and how much money goes to the actual charity. Uh, so uh, directrelief.org has a 100% rating. They help everybody as needs come up. They're, they're helping the Haiti earthquake victims, and, and uh, I'm sure that if anybody's going to be on the ground there in Afghanistan or at least trying to help them, it'll be directrelief.org. So I would suggest uh, checking that out, Doug, and thank you for the question. Okay. So let, let's uh, let's go. Uh, we we cannot neglect Peter Shelley from uh, Bogota, Colombia, who mm. always sends in some excellent questions. Yes, and has actually co-hosted our show. Indeed, and so we get to Peter, and he starts off uh, with Paul as a military veteran with a security clearance. Thank you for your service. Uh, I would like you you to comment on the following. Over the years, there have been various individuals claiming to be ex-military with security clearances speaking about personal experiences with UFOs and aliens, in particular alien entities and UFOs at secret bases, for example. Everything uh, from events at Area 51, S-4, uh, missile silos, and aircraft carriers. If this information was true, I would imagine their security oaths would be in reality, uh, you know, com- would be there to completely prevent them from talking about it. Therefore, such testimony cannot be true. Uh, can you give us the definitive word on this subject and how it works? Uh, time sensitivity and, and exceptions. Well, I don't know if anybody can give a definitive answer to that, except that uh, when you have a security clearance, you know it's not you don't know everything. It's not that doesn't isn't what it means. It's core mission and need to know only. All right. So uh, I have a lot of questions about this, but Tim, I believe you served as well. Am I right? 
No, no. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's all right. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So I'll answer the question. Um, yeah, it's just for, for these people to come out, especially the higher the clearance, the more difficult it would be for them to do this without getting in some kind of serious trouble. I mean, you know, you, you have that clearance. You know, the, the responsibility sticks with you even after you leave the service. So I, I'm, I'm suspicious of this. There have been some, there has been some information that uh, these people are authorized to release certain kinds of information. Uh, the, the principle when I was in, which was a long time ago, I'm sure it really hasn't changed from the patterns that seem to be out there, uh, is that you release accurate information from inaccurate sources and a- inaccurate information from accurate sources, and that keeps everybody guessing, and guessing, and they all love a mystery, and you know, just uh, keep them chattering and uh, have them look the other way. So, th- if information is being released by people who are authorized or unauthorized, who had clearances and served, I'm suspicious about it. I'm suspicious about the information that is being released as well. Uh, everybody, you know, I've said this a thousand times on the air, but Ben and I uh, often are speaking at uh, paranormal, or actually UFO conferences, around panels at the end, sometimes with some of the big names. And uh, everybody's very serious, saying, oh, it'll be this year, there's going to be disclosure, and then next year there'll be disclosure. And um, they'll, they'll get to us and we'll say, okay, show of hands, audience, who believes what the government says? Everybody goes, oh, you know, everybody groans. And so, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, Tim, you have any thoughts on this? <laughs> uh, you I look as I though have, you do. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have to uh, agree with you there. I mean, when it comes to uh, uh, disclosure, I mean, I, I have no faith in, in uh, anybody supposedly from the government or the military, you know, coming forward with that, you know, earth-shattering information that everybody thinks is going to happen. And as you pointed out, even if they do, they're not going to be believed because there's there's always going to be people who have their own set of beliefs and if, you know, whatever the information that comes out doesn't match that, then they're going to be like, oh, you know, it's just it's just more government disinformation. But you know, when it comes to these whistleblowers, uh, like you were referring to, you know, I, I kind of you know said the same way that um, I don't trust really anybody who allegedly comes forward and you know says that they have all of the inside you know secret information about you know what's going on with UFOs, you know, I, and and especially. The ones that uh, that remain anonymous, uh, you know. Now, some of these other, say, retired military uh, officers that you know they you know who they are, they have uh, you know their record, everything like that. I have to wonder about the information uh, that they are are putting out. Uh, like you said, Paul, you know, have they been instructed for whatever reason? to uh, say something. You know, is this a disinformation campaign uh, or are they actually telling what they think that they know? And as you said, so much of this information is compartmentalized. So you know, I don't think that there is any one person who has that, that, that ultra-top-secret information. And if they think they do, then uh, they probably have been, you know, fed uh, uh, false information. You, know, you have somebody like uh, uh, Colonel Corso, 
who who wrote the book the day after uh, uh, Roswell. I mean, you know, he you know, he had all kinds of uh, just really fascinating information. Uh, I think that maybe uh, uh, some of the stuff that that he talked about actually did happen to him. The rest of it may have been uh, fed to him or put in the book just to make it, uh, you know, more uh, profitable, uh, that sort of thing. So it's what I always say to everybody. If somebody is coming forward and, and claiming that they have all the information about the uh, UFO, uh, UFO mystery, take it with a grain of salt. Listen to it. Examine the information, but don't just fall into that, oh, I believe everything they say bandwagon because, you know, what we've seen in the past, you know, you're going to get burnt. Yeah, you're right. Now, Ben, you've sat on panels with the likes of <clears throat> Stanton Friedman, Richard Dolan, Kathy Martin, Peter Robbins. What say you about this? I have, I have. Uh, well, I mean, my, my comments are, are, are probably going to be similar to yours, but, um, you know, I, I just, I think... I, I think that a lot of of um, how we understand the phenomena is is going to need to change because I think a lot of a lot of parties or camps for lack of better words profit from everybody just you know kind of being in confusion everyone saying different things you know it's um, it's it's I think it's a lot bigger than we expect. You know, I, I think it's like, um, any, anytime I think of, of the, the government being this sort of, you know, unanimous, you know, sort of blob entity that knows all is, <laughs> is just like, anyone who's ever dealt with the IRS <laughs> is, if you've dealt with the IRS ever, <laughs> they are the most disorganized, you know, government entity I've ever seen, right? You know, it's, um, the, the horrors that, that my, my poor wife had to put up with them for years is just like it's just a testament to just how disorganized they all are and so for you know multiple government entities to come together and have a unanimous statement and say this is what this is and we're going to tell you all about it it's it's just like it's all it's all smoke and mirrors right and maybe it's designed to be that way where it's just you know the left hand doesn't know what the right's doing you know it's 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 I think it's bonkers to focus on saying, well, you know, I I think it comes down to, you know, okay, well, daddy government says that I'm right. You know, I've been saying this for years, and, you know, they finally have said, good job, you figured it out, you know, great. You know, you were right all along, sport, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, uh, I think that, that, I don't want to simplify it as that's the motivation for there being, um, you know, disclosure quote-unquote but it's definitely a motivator right because you know we've been talking about this stuff for years and how cool would it be to have a national government say yeah you're right good job you figured it out you know all the all these years of you were researching and you know what (laughs) you did it job well done go home but the thing is it's never going to end you know there's no there's no finish line there's no okay well you figured it out good job you know (laughs) research is done we know everything now there is no finish line and I think there, the, the sort of, you know, there was a really interesting metaphor I heard um, an anthropologist use once, um, uh, Dr. Srivas, she was a professor of mine in college, where she says, you know, there's an ideal that's presented, and, you know, it's kind of like this, this ubiquitous thing in the clouds, and it's like, there it is, there's the ideal, but there's no way to get to it. 
you know that that's a, a metaphor that was used for careers, but I think it 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 makes sense in this respect where there's this ideal of, you know, okay, well there's there is a truth, and 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 a an entity a big you know entity with influence believes this truth, therefore that is the ideal, but we're never going to get there, and it's never going to be the truth that everyone wants. It's always going to be like you know bits and pieces or things that are thrown out to help you mi- to make you misinterpret. And it's, you know, it, it's one of those things where you're never going to get an answer, and it's never going to be satisfactory. So, I, th- I think it's, it's, um, I, th- I think it's, a, it's a, uh, what's the word? I don't know, I can't think of a good word for it. I'll use a phrase then. It's a bait and switch. And it's, uh, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a half truth and a half lie, and we're never going to get the full truth from anybody except from our subjective experiences, which no one's going to agree on, agree on. So... That's kind of that's kind of my thoughts on it. Okay, very good. <clears throat> when we take our uh, bottom of the show break a little bit early, so we can get onto some of our longer questions. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON twelve forty AM and ninety nine five FM with our great special co-host today, Tim Swartz, and we'll be right back with more open lines on WOON. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late-night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnye.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? Local and live at 99.5 FM. And welcome back to WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM. It's Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Benino with our special guest co-host today, Tim Swartz. And we're dealing with your questions on open lines today. So uh, do we have a question? I believe it's from Robbie. We do. Uh, There are a couple more questions from Peter, though. I don't know if you wanted to tackle them. One's actually specifically for Tim. Uh, Well, let's do that, then. Yes. So, Tim, we have uh, one question about your new book, um, which uh, Peter asks... Uh, can you tell us about your new book, The Dulcie Warriors, and uh, in the course of researching the topic, did you have any contact with any alleged witnesses, and what did you learn that may be new information? Right, well, this, this is a book that, uh, this is uh, Timothy Green Beckley's, uh, unfortunately. This is his last book. Uh, this uh, He was uh, putting this together uh, when he passed away, and uh, we, myself, uh, Mr. Beckley, and uh, Sean Castile had uh, the majority of it uh, uh, written uh, by the time uh, uh, Tim passed away. So um, as for anything new about the whole Dulcie mystery, you know, it, it, this, this really goes back to uh, what we were talking about before the last break. You know, this was a story that came out in the early 1980s and seems to have been a product of uh, a a massive disinformation campaign that was being put out by uh, the Air Force uh, against a man by the name of Paul Benowich, who um, had contacted uh, Kirtland Air Force Base there in New Mexico uh, saying that uh, he had been uh, uh, photographing and, and, and videotaping uh, strange lights over the base and also uh, intercepting uh, radio signals uh, that he thought were of alien uh, origin. 
and uh, the, the the story goes that uh, 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 a guy there at the base by the name of, of Richard Doty um, uh, started feeding Mr. Benowitz all kinds of misinformation in order to, um, I don't know, put him off the trail, so to speak, uh, to you know whatever was actually going on there, you know, uh, at that base. Some of that disinformation dealt with uh, the alleged underground base at uh, uh, or, or close to Dulce, New Mexico, and uh, you know, I mean, talk about one of your your worst science fiction nightmares. I mean, this base allegedly uh, was manned by both uh, humans and aliens. And they were doing all kinds of horrific genetic experiments on people, um, you know, kidnapping. Uh, part of the abduction scenario uh, was was brought into this, where people were being kidnapped and taken to this base uh, to you know be dis- dissected alive, and and just you know, uh, just all kinds of uh, of things. And I, and I suppose that one of the things that uh, that we have learned in uh, our research with this book is uh, all the different personalities that came in and and jumped onto this story for whatever reasons. That's that's one of the things that that we'll discuss in this book, and uh, it it should be finished in in less than a month. So you know, be on the lookout for it. But I mean, you have people that uh, really seem to have no connection. You have to realize that this was before. Uh, this was pre-internet, so you, know, you have people like uh, um, um, uh, Jason Bishop the Third and Cherry uh, 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 Hinkle and uh, 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 Paul Schneider, who who was a late arriver on this. You know, the William Cooper. I mean, all of these people became involved in this story with information that was either fed to them or they just simply made it up themselves you know that's one of the things that uh, uh, that, that we've been researching with this book is uh, where was some of this other information I mean you know we have this information that was being uh, fed to Paul Benowitz but then there seemed to be other outlets of disinformation that were coming to these people uh, 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 John Lear uh, you know that that was another case. So I mean, you know, and and a lot of the uh, of the wilder aspects of the UFO phenomena uh, that that came about in these early 1980 stories are with us today still. You know, the the the, the reptilian race, some of the stuff that's being put out by um, uh, 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 QAnon, you know, things like that. All of this can be traced back to what seems to have been a massive disinformation campaign that started in the the, the early 1980s. So that's that's really, I think, one of the major uh, uh, fascinating aspects of this story. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that book. Uh, why don't we get into Robbie's... Uh, we, we can sort of start. There's a lot, of, lot to it. Indeed. So we'll start with the first portion, um, which is... Mr. Eno speaks about uh, entities in a house, uh, and at the time they would have been called demons, uh, but because they had physical bodies, quote, it pushed back, unquote, uh, they couldn't have been demons. That is wrong. Demons can present, uh, can 
present with a physical and, and spiritual body at the same time. They are very powerful beings. They can do almost anything they can think of. Do you want me to keep going, or do you want to take that first portion? Well, I take that first. Well, uh, <clears throat> Robbie, I don't know where Robbie's from. Robbie mentions uh, the, the uh, a show on, I think it was June 23rd, but we weren't on the air June 23rd. I think he must be referring to the previous Sunday, which was the 20th. Mm. Uh, I wasn't sure whether he was listening to one of our shows or some show I was on. Uh, maybe it was posted on YouTube on the 23rd. Well, whatever. I mean, he, he, I'm, I'm sure I said said that, and I'm sure I was describing the Bridgeport Poltergeist uh, case of 1974 uh, when we were uh, attacked uh, on the Monday night of the case. Ed, Lorraine, Warren had weren't in the house. I was kind of just the, there with the family and uh, two other people, and uh, <clears throat> I, I think he's. Um, I don't know what you mean by a spiritual body. I know that that there are spiritualist concepts of that. Uh, but I think he, but he's referring to, uh, when I, I pushed at this entity just trying to protect the little girl and it pushed back and it seemed very physical to me, um, that, that, that we believe these were, were demons. And, uh, the, the, the universal understanding at the time, as, as I understood it from my mentors, who were some of the greatest names in the field at the time, were that these were spirits, which by definition, don't have physical bodies, okay? Now, you could argue one way or the other on it, but uh, <clears throat> that was the understanding. Uh, I did not mean to say, by calling them parasites, that they are not demons. Demons have, the, the term demons ha- has all kinds of <clears throat> theological and pseudo-theological baggage that I'd rather not get into. These things, uh, from long and sorry experience with it, with them, uh, and Ben can attest to this too. They are parasitical. They feed on our negative energy. They will be whatever you want them to be, if if it helps them eat. They're part of nature. We believe that they can be mimics. But you know, as far as direct servants of a personal devil, I mean, I I don't. They fill the bill. I've never seen any evidence that the theology on that is accurate. I don't think that's good enough. Just like the spiritualist approach isn't good enough. Tim, what say you about this? Well, it's like you said, you know, uh, I think that, uh, you know, people like to go and, and put uh, uh, religious names and descriptions on these things. And, uh, but, uh, you know, as, as, as we've seen throughout history, um, whatever your belief system, these things are more than willing to uh, uh, hop into that role. So, I mean, you know, if uh, you go back into, say, like the Middle Ages and uh, you said, oh, well, you know, these, these, are, these are demons, you know, the you know, satanic minions, then, yeah, you know, that's, that's what they are. And they'll go out of their way uh, to make you think like that. You know, uh, same thing with, with now. I think that uh, some of the UFO phenomena is, uh, is, is probably these things uh, falling into that role. So, I mean, if you believe these things are... You know, uh, uh, little gray guys from Zeta Reticuli, then they will take on that persona. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, uh, like you said, you know, I think that these things are uh, a, a part of nature, and uh, you know, you can go and say that a lion is evil if he goes and drags you out of your tent and eats you. <laughs> and I think it's the same way, you know, with these things. You know, evil, good. 
you know, I, I don't think that uh, uh, those are, 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 are good descriptions for these things. They just are. No, I, I, I certainly agree. And, and uh, something you said earlier, Tim, uh, th- that we, you know, we, I think we put labels on things that we can understand, especially when it furthers the narrative we believe in. You know, and uh, I don't. I've never found any of that to be good enough. Now, with all due respect to people's religious beliefs, um, I think that the same applies there. Uh, I mean, you know, you get into interpretations of the Bible that were unknown before the alleged Reformation in the 1500s, and it's just, it's, it's just, it really clouds the issue. So, to approach it um, from an objective, uh, scientifically as possible. Is really the only the only choice we have, and, and this is what I've seen. Now, so I mean, whatever label you want to put on it, we've got demons, parasites, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. So, I don't know, Ben, any comment on that particular first uh, sentence there? Yeah, I, I, I was reading through the rest the rest of his his message there, um, which is a lot of it can be boiled down to, um, you know, I, I think I get what he's saying. I yeah, I get it too. I understand. Um, I think, I think that there's, there's a really, there's a really, um, there's a really bad tendency, especially nowadays, for us to to focus on the negative and to hyper focus on it. And there's also um, a lot of ideas that persist throughout the human experience. That just they, they haven't gone away. One of them being that there's a good god and a bad god, and they're constantly fighting, and they're equal in power, and they're just going to keep battling. Yeah, Zoroastrianism. But, right, and that's and 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 um, you know, it's it's interesting, right? You know, I've I've taken a lot of time um, over the last couple of months to really kind of dig into where the ideas of uh, you know where these ideas come from, right? You know, via you know ancient cosmology and stuff. That you know the the devil and Satan, where you know there's no evidence that they're the same thing, right? That's that's true. There's, Very little known fact. Right. There's no there's no evidence anywhere in any biblical text, any ancient Sumerian text, nothing that they're even the same thing. And the ultimate conclusion of of the early Christian church was who cares, because it's like it doesn't matter. Mm. It's it's like you know because the ultimate idea is you know it's just to create chaos, right? Right. You know, um, every every generation of at least in, in the Western portion of, of philosophy or religion or whatever has come up with um, their own sort of version of of you know this this sort of hierarchy of, of demons or whatever. Which I think it's important to note, you know, the origin of the word demon in the first place, right? You know, from the Greek demos. Which essentially just means, you know, a personality or or a power or some sort of, you know, low, it's it's not even not even a god. It's the personality of a god that influences things, right? You know, Socrates refers to his daemon when he's talking about his thoughts. If you ever read through any of his stuff, any of his dialogues, it's it's usually if they translate it correctly, it'll it'll be referred to as his his demon, and he'll he'll talk about it too. Be like, well, you know, I was about to do this, but then you know, I had this this intervention where I shouldn't have done this or, or and it influenced his thoughts, right? You know, and that wasn't considered a bad thing. It well, was today just, they might call it guardian angel. Right. Exactly. Because it's not something inherently evil. But over time, right, because, you know, we as as humans who want to have control over reality, we try to put words onto things and if we can identify it, that means we can control it. 
So, you know, this whole idea of it is is just it there's no there's no evidence of any hierarchy, structure, nothing. So it's just like, you know, we, we know next to nothing except for, you know, Paradise Lost and and like, you know, and you have like, you know, Dante's Divine Comedy and like, you know, you have all these these sort of bits of, of literature, which I'm pretty sure the Divine Comedy most of it was satire. So, yeah, so, be, so yeah. you can't you can't even use that as a, as a viable source. And Paradise Lost, it it takes nothing, no, nothing from any anywhere where there's any the, the closest you have is a dude in like the first century Dionys- Dionysus the Areopagite, and even then it's like you know the the ideas are like we don't really know, and so it's 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 kind of one of those things where we have to go from what we know, which is nothing, and so we we have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. All of it, really, because it's an, a subjective experience of an objective reality, right? So, you know, now that we kind of have an idea, a base of, of what, what, you know, the old ideas of demons, now we have this word with a ton of baggage, and there's these, you know, evil hell beasts that are trying to consume us and eat us and whatever. It's it's like, you know, I I don't know. It's, um... I'm trying to remember where my, my point was. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's uh... How we experience reality is informed by, you know, our experiences, what we know, and yes, it's it, it could it could be possible, but you know, if you if you look back at our at what our ancestors experienced and how we interpret them now, how they experienced reality was just so so different than how we experience it now. It's all of these these things, right? You know, it's like it's kind of like parasites, right? We'll we'll go back to that. The more you focus on it, the more power you give it. Absolutely right. So if you if you focus on this idea of oh, there's a personal Satan devil out there, which it's entirely possible that there is. Sure. But the whole thing is, you know, Dostoevsky makes a really interesting point in Brothers Karamazov, where um, you know one of the brothers he's he has a brain fever and he's you know a, a a, 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 you know, intelligentsia socialite from Moscow, and he gets a brain fever, and it's sort of like his guilt over the death of his father, and he's he has hallucinations. And he hallucinates a man in shabby clothes that are, like, you know, fashions from, like, five or ten years ago, and he's kind of, like, it's described as he's a poor relation. And so, you know, the, the he's having a conversation with this poor relation, almost, and... The poor relation reveals, oh, well, I'm the devil. And he's not this, like, horrible winged beast. He's not, like, this goat-headed, you know, thing. He's just a shabby relation. And so he has this, con- you know, the brother has this conversation with him, and he's like, I don't believe in God. And he was like, I don't need you to believe in God. He's like, but if you believe I exist, I win. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's such a different viewpoint because that's essentially what it is, right? A shabby relation that we can give power to or not. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, you know, we can focus all we want on this, this spiritual warfare stuff, but at the end of the day, you still have to go to work, you got to do your 9 to 5, you got to provide for your family, and you can live in terror, or you can try and be a positive influence in the world. And and do do your best to not give power to these entities. You know, there's a really interesting Gnostic idea, and this is the last thing I'll say, where there are these entities referred to as demons in the world, but they don't they aren't you know, this is in the sense where they are lowercase g gods, but they can't be gods unless you give them power. 
and it's this. Oh, actually, it's archons. I'm sorry. Um, and it's the same sort of thing. You know, Gnostics get a lot of things wrong, but I think that that's really kind of interesting. That even even with that, that it's like you know they don't. It doesn't matter if you don't give them power. Well, and, there you have it. All right. Thank you, Ben. Uh, we're. I think we have time maybe maybe for one more smidge of Robbie's point there. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, he, he goes into a, re- a really interesting point, so we'll just power through it. So Robbie continues, uh, I missed the next time, and I don't feel like going back to get it, but uh, he speaks of the multiverse theory, and I will have to say I mostly believe he is, a, he is correct. Most of these entities actually exist in a different world and are able to pass at will. To expand on what I said about these entities, creatures, or whatever, being religious in nature, uh, I heard a guy speak a few months ago. I don't remember his name. You may know it. But until then, I did not put much stock in the UFO or alien idea. Until I heard him say that all of these UFO sightings and other creatures are nothing but demons disguising themselves. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I, I believe it could be true. That's not saying I don't believe it yet, but I do consider it a good possibility. Now, the part I was referring to mainly in the YouTube comment um, at about this time, Mark, uh, Mr. Eno speaks about progressive ideas, people wanting something new, and other comments like that. He is somewhat correct there. Uh, People don't want to think about there being demons or evil spirits in the world. They want rational explanations uh, for things, scientific explanations for things. But no matter what people want, no matter how hard we want to make it scientific or progressive thinking, the, the fact is, all of these evil happenings in the world are still the workings of demons and Satan. I, I would have started off with this, uh, but here is my resume in this. I have spent t- the better part of 30 years dealing with demons, evil spirits, hellhounds, infected houses, possessions, good spirits, and yes, angels. I have I've also dealt with a satanic church wreaking havoc on my area by summoning evil spirits and demons. After uh, running them out of town, the activity has basically died around here. I have seen demons in in the way that they are presented to people in general. I have seen them in their true form. I have seen things uh, that would make most people uh, completely lose touch with reality, my both good and bad, because people don't want to think of these things exist. I, I knew they existed before I was thrust into this. I did not ask for this. I did not want to do this, uh, but I was given a gift and put it into uh, and put it in a position to use it, and I did. And that is the end of his comment. Okay, well, you know, I respect all that, and I think uh, I will amplify what Tim said earlier, that, uh, yeah, you've got the parasitical entities, and I stick to that term, uh, doing a lot of these things, but not all of these things. There are plenty of multiversal phenomena, or possibly alien phenomena, whatever sense you want to take that, that are not evil, that have nothing to do with Satan, or the devil, or as Ben was explaining before, and... Um, I think to to to, uh, to deny that is simply to uh, do exactly what you're saying. Other people want to do uh, sometimes, Robbie, and, th- and that's uh, embrace uh, their point of view uh, and with a confirmation bias, so to speak. And uh, I respect people's religious beliefs, including yours, because you're very strong on that. I'm strong on mine too. And uh, but on the other hand, you know, you you've got to. Get away from the labels sometimes and take things the way they are. But but we always interpret things according to our own points of view. And there's re- even in science, and there's really nothing that can be done about that. Uh, there's no way to prove who's right and who isn't. Just to do the best we can. And as as Ben has been saying, keep it positive. Tim, what say you? 
No, I mean, I, I, I think that uh, you said it quite well. I mean, uh, uh, you know, we live in a very big universe, and there are a lot of mysteries that uh, we'll probably never understand. Uh, but uh, you know, I think that you know, if you if you're going out looking for uh, uh, demons and Satan, then you're you're probably going to uh, find them. And I think that rather than dwelling on that. Uh, we should instead dwell on uh, uh, the goodness of the world, the goodness that that we can do for others, and uh, uh, you know, quit looking for um, something to blame for the bad things uh, that are happening. There's always going to be bad things, whether or not they're caused by Satan and, and demons. I don't think that matters. You know, in, instead, we have to look at ways to. Uh, uh, to make ourselves and uh, help others uh, and, and try to make a better world. Yeah, I think that's the message of the three of us. As Ben said, don't make the poor relation a rich one, you know, so to speak, but by uh, you know giving it more power. Concentrate on the positive. Concentrate on the unity. All right. And I think th- I think we've uh, we've dealt with that question. That's uh, and th- thank you, Robbie, for sending in the questions. Um, <clears throat> I think we have time here. Maybe we can squeeze in one. More here. This is from Phil, and Phil is uh, one of our show reporters uh, in the heart of the Litchfield Triangle in Connecticut. Mm, yes, and uh, Phil writes to us. In reference to your, your work with patients at a psych ward in the 1970s, can you mention a specific case uh, that really brought home to you the notion that these poor souls weren't crazy at all, and they were actually multiverse aware, and the voices they heard were as real as you or me? Okay, well, briefly... Uh, when I was in the seminary, I did, as part of pastoral training, we were working in, um, uh, <clears throat> well, I was, I did some work at the Norwood State Hospital in Connecticut with my, uh, my brother's good friend, Father Al Jaquinto, uh, over the summers in the 70s, who was a, 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 uh, fellow Sulpician priest with my brother and a wonderful fellow. Uh, but more so at, uh, the, uh, St. Lawrence State Hospital in Augsburg, New York, which was, um, uh, near the seminary where I was working with, uh, the priest who was the, turned out to be the diocesan exorcist and also the um, uh, chaplain at this state hospital. So um, I think the, the, the background behind uh, Phil's question is that I've often stated that it seemed to me that when you look into the eyes of many of these people who were diagnosed schizophrenic, they seemed in some cases saner than the hospital staff and they seemed to be experiencing real worlds that today I would explain if this theory is correct, by the experience of parallel worlds. Uh, there wasn't so much one case. that There, there are a number that stand out, but there, it was a, sort of a collective impression that I received. Uh, probably the weirdest day I ever spent there, and I apologize if, you've, if I've said this before, I'm sure I have on the air, but for those of you who haven't heard it, <clears throat> uh, one of the doctors said, you have to meet this fellow. You've heard the jokes about people who think they're Napoleon. Well, we have one of the elderly patients who actually does think he's Napoleon. And I sat down with him. He was brilliant, lucid, and uh, talked w- 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 as though he'd been at the battles of Borodino or, or, or Waterloo, and as if he'd known some of the top French generals. And it was incredible. And I'm a lover of history, and so th- this was a real treat for me. And, uh, you know, he was bedridden. He was very elderly. Uh, and um, but he'd been diagnosed schizophrenic, and one of the most uh, stimulating conversations I'd ever had. But in the end, 
I just, I, I was, my curiosity was getting the best of me. He said, how did you know or who, who told you you were Napoleon? And he said very seriously, looking me straight in the eye, he said, God told me. And the fellow in the next bed, who had been lying there like a big lump, leaned over, he turned over and said, I did not. So I said, all right, this, that wasn't the end of my crazy day at the hospital. But I was, the, the two of them, they were just brilliant. It was amazing. So I, I guess on that note, we can get to our, our announcements uh, on a positive note there. And uh, we will um, take that at this point. Ben, take it away. Indeed. So on Tuesday, September 21st, my dad and I will present a program on UFO. Oh, sorry, my dad will, not me. Uh, we'll present a program. Well, you're welcome to join. I could join, and I could give marginal comments, and everyone would love it. <laughs> on UFOs, cryptids, and ghosts uh, via Zoom to Mainline MUFON in Philadelphia. You can check out MainlineMUFON.com for more details. And on Friday, October 8th, I'll present a paranormal overview with a somewhat unlikely venue, the Arizona Dowsers Conference at the Little America Hotel in Flagstaff uh, near the Grand Canyon. Hopefully I won't fall in. Uh, visit dowsersouthwest.com for more information. And we will present once again at the Western uh, UFO Confer- Western Connecticut UFO Conference, I should say. During the last week of October this year, uh, that's on Sunday, the 24th, we'll do a live simulcast with the conference. This will be on uh, this will be an open line show format with Kathleen Martin taking questions from conference participants and our global audience on the Betty and Barney Hill abduction case, of which <coughs> 2021 is the 60th anniversary. Wow. On the uh, following Saturday, COVID variants permitting, uh, we'll present live at the Danbury, Connecticut Public Library to wrap up the conference. Uh, other par- par- presenters that week include Mark D'Antonio, Tom Reed, Michael Scratt, Linda Zimmerman, and Mike Panicello uh, from Connecticut MUFON. Now, uh, Tim, tell us about what's going on with you, uh, your books, website, etc. Sure. Well, uh, like I said, right now we are working on uh, finishing Tim Beckley's uh, of the uh, of the Dulcie Warriors. You can find uh, all of our information at our website, conspiracyjournal.com. All of our books are still available on Amazon.com. Just type in my name, Tim Beckley's, Sean Castile. You'll uh, you'll find them all. I recommend them all. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. We'll look forward to that. Uh, we remind you we have a charity page uh, the, uh, behind the paranormal.com. Please check those out. We know these people, and they are very, very w- well worth uh, donating to and supporting. So, uh, Ben, what is cooking for next week? Well, next week we have uh, prepping in the, the fridge, soon to be thrown into the oven. Um, on August 29th, we'll bring you a show uh, Well, that we've been looking forward to, uh, an in-depth look at near-death experiences, or NDEs, with Dr. Jeffrey Long, uh, one of the leading experts on the subject. You know, I, I, I'm looking forward to that show particularly because uh, when I was talking to him last time, uh, I have a number of, uh, almost every day, experiences that he would attribute to near-death experiences. So I don't know if I'm dying feel, or, or feeling just... feeling okay, Dad? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's... It's uh, something I really want to get into, you know, uh, certain things that uh, that have happened. But anyway, I, th- I found that intriguing, and uh, if I last uh, long enough to uh, be on the show next week, then uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Dad, you don't look a day over 40. Well, Ben, that's... that's Well, thank you. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay, so um, we'll leave you today with an appropriate... Um, 
for today's weather thought, I guess, from person or persons unknown, if you want to enjoy the rainbow, you must first endure the storm. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And I'm Tim Swartz. Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Local and live at 99.5 FM.